Art for Teacher by Mother of Bulls Chapter 24 It's fucking cold. Scorpius rolled his eyes. Albus never was one to stand for even a moment of physical discomfort. Honestly, people thought he was spoiled. So go back to the castle and take the carriages with the first and second years. Absolutely not. What if I accidentally exercised? I don't think the female population of Hogwarts is ready for that. It was the last day of term, and all the students from the third year up were waiting for the Hogwarts Express in Hogsmeade. Some browsed the shops and did a bit of last-minute shopping. Some snuggled inside Madame Puddyfoot's tea shop for some last cosy moments with their significant other. Some piled inside the Hogshead to get good and pissed before spending the next few weeks at home with their families. Should we pop over to the Three Broomsticks? Albus asked. Meh, I don't know. I'm sort of bored with it. And I think we should at least make an attempt to patron other... Scorpius! He turned to find a red-headed figure bounding towards him. He flushed pink. We were just about to go to the Three Broomsticks! Rose motioned to her friend, an ash-blonde Gryffindor girl, whose name Scorpius had never mustered the energy to remember. Would you two like to join us? Scorpius's heart pounded in his chest. That's so funny. I was just saying to Albus how much I'd like to go there. Rose beamed. It's my favourite place in Hogsmeade. Mine too. I love the three broomsticks. Albus, tell her how much I love the three broomsticks. Albus rolled his eyes and inspected the cleanliness of his fingernails. He loves the three broomsticks, he droned dully. Rose grinned. Great, well, shall we? As Scorpius smiled after Rose, he felt a hard smack to the back of his head. Ow! The bloody hell was that for? As precious of the two you are to watch, I never agreed to be your wingman. I know. But of course I'm going to do it anyway, because I made a bet with Simon as to which of you would finally win this game of will, they won't, they own chicken you're playing with each other. You're a treasure, truly you are. And you're insane if you think you can keep dragging this out. My galleons might be on her. Oi, mate, really? But if I have to sit through an hour of watching you two blush behind your hands at each other, so help me God I will puke so profusely, Madame Rosemary's flaws will never be the same again. Scorpius huffed. You're done? Quite. I owe you one. Albus scoffed as he followed Scorpius into the pub. I've lost count of all the wands you owe me at this point. The pub was warm and packed with students. Scorpius and Albus made their way to a table where Rose and... Scorpius wanted to say Gemma? were waiting. Rose beamed at him. I already ordered us some drinks. Both of you know Jenny, right? Close enough. Of course we remember her, don't we, Albus? He turned to his sulky friend, who slid into the chair next to him. Ignoring the question. Albus leaned back in the chair casually, reached into his bag and retrieved a book. Jenny rolled her eyes at the cover, which read, You're not alone. How to live with a huge penis. Scorpius nudged his friend. Al, do you really think now's the time to catch up on your reading? Albus licked a finger as he turned a page. Absolutely it is. He coughed and nudged his head to the left. Scorpius followed the gesture to find Monica standing at the bar, looking at the four of them with narrowed eyes. She disguised a laugh as her eyes fell on Albus. You should go talk to her. Albus's attention would not be diverted from his book. Nah. He turned another page. Don't you need me here? Scorpius flushed red and chanced a glance at Rose, who observed the two boys with confusion. He dropped his voice to a whisper. If I strike out, it'll be on me. It shouldn't keep you from chatting up the girl you like. Albus sighed as he shut his book. Kay. He sauntered over to Monica, grinning as he took in her lace-up leather boots and black nail polish. Like many Slytherin girls, she experimented with a slightly punkish look. Unlike many Slytherin girls, she actually pulled it off. With her flared skirt and large green eyes, she reminded him of one of those portraits of a punk fairy propped up on a giant mushroom. Hey, he said. Hey! The two stood in comfortable silence for a few moments. Albus pointed to her feet. I like your boots. 
Thanks. Another stretch of non-awkward silence passed. This is why Albus liked Monica. She never gave the impression that he made her uncomfortable. Sure, she might act like she didn't like him, but he'd rather have that any day than yet another person who looked at him like he was a unibomber. That book you were reading looked hilarious. He shrugged. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a serious self-help manual for men who suffer in silence. Monica smirked. You're the weirdest person I've ever met. He nodded. I get that a lot. She rolled her eyes. You came over here to talk to me because you like me, right? Albus's eyes widened. This was quite new. What was this odd sensation he felt? Hmm, very interesting. Was it... Could it be... Social tension? Ooh, so this is what most people felt when they spoke to him. It wasn't really that bad. People can be such wimps. He pursed his lips. Well, this social interaction really isn't going the way I rehearsed in the shower. Rose and Scorpia smiled shyly at one another from across the table, each tucking into their butterbeers in an attempt to hide their blushing faces. Jenny rolled her eyes and began looking around the room for other people she knew. So, Rose said, we haven't studied together in a while. Scorpia spit his lip. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I've had detention every day for the past couple of weeks. Oh, right. Because of the fight. Yeah. There was a moment of awkward silence between them. They each attempted to quell the tension by taking a quick sip of their beverages. You know, Rose said, wiping the foam from her mouth, the motion of which did not go undetected by Scorpius. I did tell you not to go after him that day. I know, he said with a laugh. You were right, as usual. She grinned. You should remember that. Oh, I will, he said with a smirk. Jenny made an audible ugh sound and retreated from the table to join a pair of Hufflepuffs she barely knew, but who had the advantage in that they were not combustively flirting with each other. Are you going back to the manor for Christmas? Rose asked. Um, Scorpius looked guiltily into his mug. No, actually, I'm going to the Potters. Rose narrowed her eyes. You do know James lives there too, right? Scorpius rolled his eyes. Yeah, I know, but he'll spend most of his time in his room and he won't try anything in front of his mum and dad. Rose nodded. And your dad is all right with that, that you're not spending Christmas with him. Scorpius sighed. If he was being honest with himself, he hated that he was leaving his dad alone on Christmas. It was admittedly a shitty thing to do, but things had been so tense between them this year, he just wasn't ready to face it yet. This romantic rival dynamic that had happened between them had brought out parts of each of them that, while Scorpius knew it wasn't who they really were, had shifted their relationship. Either way, his dad had gone from never, ever, ever lying to him or withholding anything from him to covertly sneaking around and making Scorpius's former crush his girlfriend. Despite all this, the guilt Scorpius felt at leaving his dad high and dry during the Christmas holes left a bitter taste in his mouth. Are you all right? Rose asked. You look a bit pale, I mean, more so than usual. Scorpius attempted to smile at her quip. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, could you excuse me for a moment? He stood up and walked quickly in the direction of the loo. Maybe he was going to be sick. He turned the knob on the door and... Holy shit, really? What he saw on the other side of the door immediately dissolved any thought he might have had of vomiting up his butterbeer. Albus? What the fuck are you two doing? Albus and Monica were wrapped tightly around each other, their lips swollen from the rigorous snogging session that Scorpius had just interrupted. Neither of them seemed too bothered at being discovered. Albus turned to Monica. I'll be right back. She nodded, inspecting the state of her hair in the mirror. Albus directed Scorpius out of the loo. What's up? Scorpius gaped at his friend. What was that? How, how did that even happen? Albus shrugged. I don't know, really. I complimented her boots because they're awesome, 
and she complimented my choice in literature because it's awesome. And he purses lips in contemplation. Then we had a bit of a chat and it seemed to be going all right. It didn't seem like she was too anxious to run away or anything. So I just asked her if she wanted to make out and she said yes. And then we did that for a bit, which is good until you came in and interrupted us. He shot his friend a reproachful look. Scorpius gaped at his friend. That's it. You just asked her if she would snog you. Well, I might not be a wizard aristocracy like you, mate, but I'm not so crass as to just snog a bird without asking her nicely first. Scorpius did a serious double take. His mouth agape. How? How did you just ask her? Albus shrugged. In English, I think. Unless she speaks Klingon. Or Hungarian, which is something I picked up a bit over the summer. No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. I meant how did you ask her? Did you just say, hey mon, fancy a snog? And she just went for it. Albus nodded. I mean, I did it a bit smoother than that, but yeah, pretty much. I just thought she looked pretty today, so I told her. She seemed pleased, so I thought, hey, maybe she likes me more than I thought. So I went for it, and it worked. Scorpius felt he had been punched in the gut. Here Albus was, snogging a girl who not one hour ago he would have sworn hated his guts. And he couldn't even tell the girl he had been steadily studying and flirting with for the past two months that he liked her. It was unbelievable. I need to sit down for a second to process this, Scorpius said, headed for the loo. Nope, not happening. Albus put an arm around his shoulders and turned him in the opposite direction. You need to go back out there and tell Rose you like her. Already. So I can go back in there and snog the living daylights out of Mon. He clapped him on the back. I believe in you, mate. He turned to go back inside the loo. No, Al, wait! Scorpius grabbed Albus's arm and spun him around. I can't do it. I know I should because I like her and she likes me, but I just can't bloody do it. What are you talking about? You blatantly proposition Professor Granger for sex. Surely you can tell a 13-year-old girl you fancy her. Yeah, and that worked out just fucking great for me, didn't it? Forgive me if my confidence is a bit frayed from that experience. Albus sighed. Scorp, you're my best mate in the whole world, and I love you like a brother. But I swear to fucking Merlin, if you don't go out there and proclaim your undying love to my irritating relative, then by God I will mess up your hair. He narrowed his eyes at Scorpius, who subconsciously brought a hand up to his impeccably amused hair, which he had spent an embarrassing amount of time on that morning. I will mess it up so much that you'll have to wash it again, Scorpius gasped. Exactly, Albus continued. You'll have to wash it twice in one day, like a bloody barbarian. The texture will be all wrong, and it will take you several days to get it back on schedule. Okay, okay, okay. Scorpius held up his hands in surrender. I'll do it. Good man. Albus clapped him on the back and returned to the loo. Scorpius gulped. Albus had to be joking. This was impossible. How did people do this? Now, more than ever, he wished he could talk to his dad. He would know exactly what to say. I mean, just look at the woman he bagged his girlfriend. He exhaled. I can do this. I'm a Malfoy. Malfoys are studs. He sauntered over to her, smirking with a confidence he didn't remotely feel. When she looked up at him with those large blue eyes, he felt his smirk melt. Yeah, I can't. Are you sure you're right? You look ill. Scorpius scoffed. I'm brilliant. Are you sure you're right? Rose eyed him. Is this because I asked about your dad? I heard about him and Aunt Hermione, she sighed. You... You don't still fancy her, do you? Because you know that's... Rose, will you be my girlfriend? Her eyes widened into saucers. What? What? He couldn't believe he'd just said that. You... You want me to be your girlfriend? They each were flushing so hotly, they might have been able to hear the heat in the entire pub between the two of them. Scorpius stared unblinkingly at a spot on the table. Um, yeah? He sighed, shutting his eyes. Great job there, Casanova. Have you gone terribly insane? He glanced up at her hesitantly, 
his breath hitching at the sight of her lips twitching up into a sweet smile. Fuck it. I don't fancy Professor Granger, Rose. I fancy you. I have done for some time now. She smiled brightly. I fancy you too. You dog, you! Oh, good. Brilliant. A dopey grin spread across his face. So, do you want to be- Yes! He blinked. Once. Twice. Three times at his new girlfriend. He then glanced at the loo, where Albus and Monica were still, undoubtedly, sucking the life out of each other's faces. He looked back at Rose, who was smiling shyly at him. I can't believe that bloody worked, he murmured under his breath. Rose giggled and stood up from her seat. Where is she going? Don't go. She walked over to his side of the table and sat down next to him. Hi. He gulped. Hi, he responded, his voice croaky. She leaned into him and he instinctively felt his eyelids close as he met her in the middle. The cinnamon scent of her hair engulfed his senses, drugging him. When their lips met, he dropped a hand to his thigh to pinch himself, just to make certain he wasn't dreaming. He was kissing Rose Weasley, and she was kissing him back. His whole world was cinnamon and soft lips, and the sweet taste of the butterbeer she had been drinking. He'd never kissed anyone before, and hoped he was doing it right, because he couldn't remember the last time he felt this good. When he felt her nibble on his bottom lip, he moaned in the back of his throat. He couldn't give a rat's ass if they were in the middle of the three broomsticks, and pretty much every student there was watching them. When they broke apart, he felt disorientated, like he had just woken up from an afternoon nap in the middle of an unusual place. He stared at her through glassy eyes, smiling stupidly. That was... really nice, he said bashfully. She nodded. Really nice. He blinked slowly, still feeling drunk. What kind of shampoo do you use? She raised her eyebrows questioningly. What? Your hair. It smells really good, like cinnamon. And I only wondered... My God, you're such a poncy brat, she said as she leaned forward and kissed him again. When he felt her hands move to his hair, messing it up slightly, he couldn't care less. Draco stared at the flu. Maybe I should go pick him up anyway. But he knew that would backfire. He had always respected his son in the past when he needed space. Merlin, what is it with people I love needing space from me? When Draco received an owl a few days ago from Scorpius, informing him that he would be spending the Christmas holes with the Potters, he put down the urge to play the parent card, which he had never needed to do before, and sent a howler to the boy informing him that he was expected at the manor for Christmas, because he was the father, and he said so. But of course, he knew that would only make for the most awkward, tense holiday in the history of the manor. Well, except maybe that one where Lord Voldemort played houseguest, and just never fucking left. But it would definitely be a close second. At least top five. Possibly top ten. He sighed. Scorpius needed space. Hermione needed space. Scorpius would forgive him eventually, because he had to. He was his son, and no amount of space could ever change that. He was effectively stuck with him for a father. But Hermione was another matter. She could end it any time she wanted. Not that Draco would make it easier for her if she did. His conversation with Potter gave him a lot to think about. But one thing was for certain. He loved Hermione Granger. Just tell her, you wanker, stop stalling. No more stalling. No more cowardice. He couldn't afford any more miscommunications with the people left in his life. He grabbed his pen. Hermione balled up yet another sheet of paper and threw it behind her desk. She lost count of how many letters she began to Draco, only to find that for once in her life, words failed her. Dear Draco, I suck at apologising, so please don't make me. Okay, that was absolute garbage. How about... Dear Draco, my vibrator just isn't the same. Scratch that. The last thing she needed him to think about is that she doesn't take their relationship seriously, like she accused Draco of. Draco, the perfect boyfriend who sat patiently and listened to her and Harry prattle on with their Princess Bride quotes, never complaining. 
wait. Draco didn't know anything about Muggle culture. He wouldn't know if she just... Dear Draco, to me, you are perfect. She was interrupted as a sleek eagle owl flew into her window, bearing a small envelope. She immediately recognised it as Draco's owl. Thank you, she said to the owl, gently stroking it behind the ears. She opened the envelope to read the note. It read, I took the days. I know what I want, and I know I don't want any more of them without you. Draco. It was better than love, actually. It was better than anything, because it was for her. She felt a sting behind her eyes, signalling the tears that threatened to spill. Fuck it. She stormed over to the flue, heavy with resolve. When she emerged from the flue in the manor's living room, she bumped heads with Draco, who was attempting to step in the moment she appeared. Ow! Ow! They both took a moment to recover, then looked at each other openly. They each wore identical expressions of honesty and vulnerability. Draco gulped. I was just coming to see you. I beat you to it. He nodded, breathing heavily. I fucking love you, Hermione. She nodded, feeling as though she would combust. They lunged for each other, desperate to claim the other's lips. There they stood, smouldering in the flue, wrapped so tightly around each other that they could have melted into one being. Hermione lost track of how long they stood like that. She forgot her name. She forgot the speech she prepared in the twenty seconds between reading the note and stepping into the flue. When they broke apart, he looked at her with so much love, his pewter eyes burning into her amber ones. She smiled brightly. I love you too. He sighed with relief, running his thumb over her cheekbone. Fuck, discreet. We suck at it anyway. Chapter 25 Fuck, discreet. We suck at it anyway. The resolve in his eyes was borderline animalistic, and it sent a jolt of warmth straight to Hermione's lower region, reminding her of the price her sex life paid for his tiff with Draco. Her breaking picked up. Does this mean? Oh, I'm shouting this from the rooftops. Her mouth formed a little O, just before he grabbed the back of her neck and smashed their mouths together. He swallowed with a squeal of surprise and smirked as he plundered her willing mouth. I've missed you, kiss, so much, he whispered into her lips. She moaned in response, and her clever fingers began undoing the buttons on his shirt. He growled in the back of his throat, and recognition in his hands practically vibrated as he moved them all over her. Mm-mm-mm, not here. He reluctantly pulled back. Hold on to me. She narrowed her eyes questioningly, as her heart pounded far too hard for her to form words at that moment. She felt the familiar jolt in her navel as her fingers dug into Draco's arms. She looked around the palatial room. You apparated us to your bedroom. Couldn't wait, he said as he pulled her flush against him and devoured her mouth again. Hermione was in a daze and she and Draco divested one another of their clothings. When he picked her up and threw her on the bed, she momentarily found herself wondering if they actually ripped each other's clothes off because she had no real memory of the last minute and a half. Devil Hermione had taken over, and right now the only thing that mattered was that she was about to shag the living daylights out of the blonde man crawling over her right now. He wasted no time and attacked her lips, grabbing handfuls of her, gliding his hands over the expanse of her body. He couldn't even think. His body was acting of its own accord, with one goal in mind. Fuck this witch's brains out. He couldn't even stop to play with her like he usually did. There would be none of the usual methods of foreplay. Her body language told him everything he needed to know. She was ready for him. Please, she keened. That one word rang in his ears like a prayer. Fuck my life, I love this witch so much. He positioned himself at her entrance and pushed. The simultaneous moan could have brought the house down. Oh my god. I love you so much, Hermione. Fuck. Yes. Draco, please. God. Fuck me. 
He would have given her anything she asked for. The sky, the moon, her own private island. But all she asked was for that he fuck her into oblivion. So that's what he did. He was out of his mind, crazy in love and in lust for this woman. He had never felt so needy in his life. The compulsion to bury himself so deep inside her that she'd never not feel him there was driving him insane. Oh God, Draco, yes, she screamed. He growled as he snapped his hips even harder and faster. That's right, Hermione. He locked eyes with her. You're mine. You're the brightest thrust, witch thrust, of your age thrust, and you're getting fucked into the mattress by Draco Malfoy. She moaned like a well-pained whore at that point. Gods who knew she liked being talked to like this. He ground his pelvis against her clit, ascending shockwaves of pleasure all throughout her body. Even her elbows seemed to rejoice at the primitive pounding she was receiving. I want you to come, he growled. I want you to scream my name. His words penetrated a part of her she didn't know existed, and her body seemed to hum. It only took a few more moments of his rhythmic grinding and thrusting, and she came like a freight train. Fuck! Fuck! Oh, fuck! Draco! She screamed as wave after wave of orgasm ripped through her body. She felt like she would disintegrate into nothing. She clamped down so hard on him he felt it from all sides. Oh! He moaned as he exploded inside of her. He saw stars and colours he never knew existed. He needed more of her, so he claimed her lips in a fierce kiss, taking everything he could from her. They stayed like that for many moments after, kissing and panting and catching their breaths, after the best sex either of them had ever had. Draco finally pulled back and looked into her eyes. He licked his lips. I... Hermione, that was... I know. He smiled widely and stroked her face. They said nothing more. There was no need. Whimsy, along with three other house elves, dusted the library with pained expressions on their faces. They wanted to give their master privacy, and they might have been able to ignore the faint thumping of his bed in the distance, and even the echo of his and Hermione's combined grunts and moans, if not for the sound that came next. Oh, God! Draco, yes! Whimsy sighed deeply. Miss Hermione is loud. Whimsy goes to get earplugs. One of the younger house elves snorted. Master Draco is not much quieter. The house elves giggled just before wincing at the realisation that they had just criticised, albeit lightly, their master. Whimsy rounded on them. No, Master Draco does not like it when we punishes ourselves. We is not going to hurt ourselves. Master Draco is loud and we just needs to plug up our ears so we can give him the privacy he is needing with Miss Hermione. She passed out the earplugs. Will Miss Hermione become our mistress, do you think? One of the house elves asked as he inserted his earplugs. Whimsy chuckled. Miss Hermione is nice, and Master Draco pines for her all week when she is not speaking with him. She smirked in an odd characterisation of her master. Whimsy is thinking we will be needing to use earplugs lots more in the future. Scorpius and Albus stepped through the fireplace into number 12 Grimmauld Place. James pointedly ignored the boys while he bounded up the stairs to his room without even sparing his mother a glance. Well, hello to you too, Ginny rolled her eyes. She smiled brightly as she hugged Albus. You're taller. Yep, he said. And you smell like a girl. She kissed the side of his head, catching his smirk. So who is little Miss Viva La Lucy? Monica Flint. Ginny narrowed her eyes in concentration. I think I've seen her before. Dark hair, pale, way too much eyeliner. Albus shrugged. I think I like her eyeliner. Ginny grinned. Of course you do, my son. She turned to Scorpius and smiled warmly. Welcome to our home, Scorpius. Thank you for having me, Mrs Potter. It's our pleasure. Are you boys hungry? From the moment he had stepped through the flue, Scorpius smelled the wonderful aroma of Ginny Weasley's roast. His stomach rumbled in acknowledgement. 
Yes. Yes, both boys chanted simultaneously. Ginny chuckled at the predictable dual-mindedness of teenage boys. Food and sex. Sex and food. Most of their young brains was preoccupied with these two topics. Dinner will be ready soon. Run upstairs and wash up. On the way to Albus's room, Scorpius encounters James in the corridor. They narrowed their eyes at one another. Nice wig there, Malfoy, he sneered at Scorpius's blonde hair. What's it made of? Your mum's chest hair. James scoffed and headed up the stairs. Scorpius turned to Albus and said, No actual offence to your mum, Albus. You know she's fit as hell. Albus winced as if he were in pain. What is it with you and red-headed women? Scorpius chuckled. She makes a good roast, and she has nice t- Do not finish that sentence, Albus warmed. She does, though, a deep male voice offered. The two boys turned round to find Albus's dad standing in the doorway to the room. Scorpius flushed deeply. Mr Potter, I didn't mean... Harry waved it off. Don't worry about it, Scorpius. My wife's got a nice rack. You're not saying anything I don't already know. Albus made a gagging sound and began unpacking his suitcase. Scorpius chuckled. Thanks, Mr Potter. The loo's just around the corner if you want to wash up before dinner, Harry offered. I would like to. Thank you, Mr Potter. As Scorpius disappeared around the corner, Albus snickered, realising that his friend would now monopolise the loo with his frivolous, unnecessary, lengthy freshening up routine, which consisted largely of his attention to his hair. I have something for you, his father said to Albus. Albus quirked an eyebrow. Christmas isn't for a few more weeks. Harry grinned. I know. But if you're going to be here for the entirety of Christmas holes, you're going to need this particular present early. Let me guess. A broom care kit? Harry rolled his eyes. No, no, wait, I've got it. Albus continued. My very own Gryffindor jumper to wear in my sleep so I can will the Slytherin out of me. You're hilarious, Harry responded as he handed Albus a package. Open it. Albus took the gift and began unwrapping it. His eyebrows disappeared into his hairline when he unearthed the treasure within. Dad, he said, quite moved by the thoughtfulness of the gift. This is... He choked, too emotional to continue. I understand we can all be a little bit much at sometimes, and I just wanted you to know that I respect your need for privacy. Albus nodded, cradling the noise-cancelling headphones in his arms as if they were the most precious thing on earth. Does this mean I don't have to talk if I don't want to? Harry nodded. If we see you wearing those, we'll also know not to talk to you. Albus teared up. This is the part in the movie where the prodigal son gives his dad a big-ass hug. Harry grinned. You don't have to if you don't want to. Albus sighed. You're the best dad in the whole world. On the way out of Albus's room, Harry ran into Scorpius. All right there, Scorpius? Scorpius smiled. Thanks again for letting me stay here, Mr Potter. Harry nodded. Any time. Ginny and I are always thrilled to have you here. As Scorpius walked ahead to Albus's room, Harry blurted out, Maybe it's none of my business. Scorpius turned around to face him. But are things all right with you and your dad? Scorpius wasn't expecting that. Um, he sighed. Not exactly. You're still angry with him for not telling you about Hermione. Scorpius bit his lip. Did... did you know about it, Mr Potter? Harry nodded. She's my best friend. I've known for a while now. Scorpius sighed. I'm not upset that they're together. I know. I just... he shook his head. I just wish you could have been more honest with me. You and your dad are quite close, aren't you? Scorpius nodded. I thought we were. You are. You should hear the things he says about you. He's bloody proud of you, pardon my language. Scorpius quirked an eyebrow at him. I apologise if this is out of turn, but I thought you didn't get along with my dad. Harry chuckled. I didn't. Not for years. But recently we've developed a sort of understanding. After all, he is dating my best friend. I suppose so. Scorpius opened his mouth to say something more, but thought better of it. 
He started again before deciding against it once more. Something on your mind? Um, have you spoken to him about all this? Harry sighed. To my chagrin, yes. Your dad might be all big, bad Slytherin on the outside, but let me tell you, that man sounded like a bloody Hufflepuff when neither you or Hermione were speaking to him. Pardon my language. Scorpius raised an eyebrow. So the two of them really are... serious? It isn't my place to say, but your dad really wanted to tell you. He was pretty torn up that you found out the way you did. Scorpius nodded. Have they made up yet? I honestly don't know. Scorpius thought about his father all alone for the Christmas holes, and felt a surge of guilt wash over him. This wasn't who he was. He didn't avoid talking about the important stuff. Not with his father. Slytherin compartmentalisation was never something he excelled at. Mr Potter, I'm sorry to do this, but I wonder if I might use your flu. Scorpius arrived in the living room of the manor and was immediately greeted by an enthusiastic Quincy, wearing what appeared to be cotton balls in his ears. Ah, young master has returned. Master Draco said you would not be home these next few weeks. He will be pleased to hear of your arrival, uh, when he is no longer detained. Scorpius looked at Quincy curiously. What do you mean, de- There was a faint thump, thump, thump sound in the distance. And there was something else. What was that? It sounded like... Oh, balls. Oh, God! Draco! Yes! The colour immediately drained from Scorpius's face. His eyes widened. He tried and failed to will his existence away in that moment as he heard a sound that no doubt came from his father follow in acknowledgement. Quincy winced in sympathy. Perhaps young master would like to come with Quincy to the kitchens, where it's quiet. Scorpius nodded, silently cursing the fact that he wouldn't learn memory charms until his seventh year. Chapter 26 Hermione smiled contentedly as she caught her breath. She and Draco stroked each other's skin and exchanged comfortable silence, peppered with sweet sighs and smiles. Draco smirked as he examined Hermione's dishevelled state against the deep emerald of his sheets. You look good in green. She rolled her eyes. Is that supposed to be some sort of Slytherin innuendo? After what we just did, why would I need to use innuendo? Because you're a prat. Be nice, and I'll take back my declaration of love. She narrowed her eyes. No, you wouldn't. He chuckled. No, I wouldn't. He dipped his head to kiss her. So I take it you got my note? He asked, his lips touching hers with every syllable. She giggled. I did. Very smooth, Mr Malfoy. He hummed as he kissed up her neck. I was going to send another bouquet of flowers along with it, but that's been done to death. A woman like you deserves a bouquet of orgasms. Manny laughed loudly at his return of phrase. That is oddly one of the sweetest things you've ever said to me. Then I suppose I'd better get on with delivering them, he said with a sexy smirk. Although I'm going to need you to keep your energy up. Have you eaten? She shook her head. I'll pop down to the kitchens and get her something. I'd corner the house elves to bring it up here themselves, but I know how you are about my staff seeing you naked, he sneered. She laughed. There is a history, yes. He smiled. I'll be right back. He kissed her lightly and got up to put on a robe and a pair of boxer shorts. You just... He motioned his hands in a circular position at her. Stay right there. Don't move. She cocked an eyebrow. Hurry up, or I'll start without you. He laughed as he opened the door and called loudly out to her from the hallway outside the expanse of his room. When I get back, I'm going to have to punish you for ever suggesting that. With a smile on his face and a skip in his step, he made his way down the stairs, through the living room and into the dining room, where he damn near had a heart attack at the sight of his son sitting at the table, staring into space as though he'd just seen a ghost. Scorp? Dad? He replied. Uh, shit. He was supposed to be at the Potter's. Draco hoped this meant that Scorpius had forgiven him, but he couldn't help but muse at this god-awful timing. 
He hoped he didn't make a bad parent, that he was slightly regretful that his son had arrived precisely at the moment he happened to have a naked and very horny witch in his bed, waiting for him to come up there and spank her. Just give me two minutes. I wasn't exactly expecting... Dad, you're good at magic, yes? Draco quirked an eyebrow. What? Spells. You can perform them? Yes, I'd quite like to think so. Then why can't you perform a silencing charm in your room? Honestly, the house elves don't need to hear you two going at it. Draco stopped breathing for a moment. This was a joke. It had to be a fucking joke. Because otherwise it would mean that his son had overheard... Are you fucking kidding me? He asked, knowing that he wasn't kidding. No. Please be kidding me. I'm not. Draco sighed. How much did you hear? Scorpius shrugged. Enough to know that Professor Granger's a screamer. Draco closed his eyes in horror. Salazar's rod, he whispered. And you said something about punishing her? Draco's eyes flew open. You heard that? Scorpius nodded. Suddenly the door to the dining room swung open. Draco, I've got an idea about... Oh, Jesus! Hermione had just come into the room wearing nothing but one of Draco's shirts. Scorpius's eyes widened as he took in her form and the thigh-skimming garment. Professor Granger, nice to see you, Scorpius said as he averted his gaze. Scorpius! She bunched the shirt collar closer together over her chest to do better at hiding herself. I was just... um... She looked at Draco. I'm just going to... scream into a pillow... She swiftly left the two Malfoy men alone as she scampered out of sight. Draco closed his eyes and folded his hands behind his head. So Hermione and I made up. Scorpius smirked. Did you now? Draco chuckled. Yes, and on a completely unrelated note. How would you like to go talk to a mind healer before going back to Hogwarts? Scorpius put a finger up to his mouth in contemplation. I think I settle for an old-fashioned obliviate? Draco shook his head. I'm so, so sorry. You shouldn't have heard all that. Scorpius shrugged. It was educational. Draco scratched the back of his neck. So would this be a good time to tell you that Professor Granger is my girlfriend, and that I'm serious about her? Scorpius chuckled. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. I should have done it a lot sooner. Scorpius grinned. It's interesting to see you like this. Draco quirked an eyebrow. Like what? I don't know, like, happy? I mean, I know you're not an unhappy person, but you just seem giddy. Draco smiled. I suppose I am. He sobered slightly. Is this weird for you? I'd understand if it was. Scorpius shrugged. I thought it would be, but I guess I've gotten used to the idea. In fact, the only thing that's weird is that now I know what she sounds like when she- Okay, you little perv, I get the picture. From now on, I will make certain to pause and cast the proper privacy charms before- You know. Scorpius smirked. Yes, I absolutely do. Draco rolled his eyes. I guess I can't begrudge you for taking the piss a bit. I mean, I'm just saying, Dad, it's a very big house. Do you realise how loud you both were, that Quincy and I could hear you from here? Draco's lips thinned. I'll give you fifty galleons to drop this right now. The following summer. Dad, we've got to go! Scorpius banged on his father's door. I told Rose I'd meet her at precisely half ten. Draco emerged from his room with a giant smirk plastered across his face. I don't know if you realise just how lucky the two of you are to have found each other, because nobody else on earth cares that much about punctuality. Draco took in his son's appearance. He had grown significantly taller the past few months, and his jaw was starting to sharpen, just like Draco's. Now I know you're anxious to get back with your little girlfriend, but now that you're growing into a Malfoy, I must tell you, with great power comes great responsibility. Scorpius rolled his eyes before appraising his father's pristine appearance as well. 
He wore that muggle suit Hermione liked seeing him in, and his hair was on point. You look good. Date with Professor Granger tonight. Draco raised an eyebrow. So it's back to Professor Granger, is it? I thought you'd finally got comfortable calling her Hermione. Only when class isn't in session. I'm going back to Hogwarts today. That means she's officially Professor Granger again. Draco smirked. Not until Monday, when classes start, she's not. She's got permission from McGonagall to skip the welcome feast and orientation. I'm taking her away for the weekend. Scorpius raised his eyebrows. Getting some last-minute shags in while you two are finally alone. I can always go away more often. Just give me the signal. Draco rolled his eyes. You are entirely too comfortable discussing my sex life. Scorpius smirked. You love her. You want to make babies with her, he teased. Draco scoffed. Maybe then I'd get one that wasn't so mouthy. Scorpius ignored him and continued his teasing voice. You want to be all, Oh Hermione, please don't go back to Hogwarts. I'll miss you ever so much. Scorpius made a kissy face at his father. Draco narrowed his eyes. You know what? He then mussed up Scorpius's hair. Ow, Dad, stop! You know it took forever to get it like this. Draco smirked. And it was perfect, too. Scorpius glared. You are officially no longer the cool dad. Draco shrugged. Keep it up, my son, and I'll send you over to Edward and Jean's again. Scorpius's eyes widened. You wouldn't. Marnie's parents just adore you. I wouldn't want to deprive them of a bonding opportunity. Scorpius narrowed his eyes. Jean calls me Scorpy. Scorpy, dad! Draco rolled his eyes. I know. It's a ridiculous nickname. Draco snorted. Believe me, I know. Take it from someone who's been Drakey for a while now. It'll be so much worse when that woman if you just don't go with it. Scorpius cringed. Am I going to have to deal with this forever? Hopefully. Draco fingered the little velvet box in his trouser pocket, which held a five-carat halo-cut diamond ring. Are you going to do it this weekend, then? Draco bit his lip and nodded. Scorpius smiled at his father. You don't have to be nervous. She'll say yes. Draco nodded. You won't have to call her mum, you know. Scorpius rolled his eyes. As if there was ever a chance in the hell on earth I would do that. Draco chuckled. Glad that's settled. He sighed. I want you to be my best man. Scorpius smirked. I'd expect to be. The two Malfoy men hugged. After they broke apart, Scorpius clapped his father on the shoulder. Now that the sappy part of the day is over, can we please get to the station? The moment they arrived through the flue, Scorpius was off. Hey! Draco cried, and Scorpius accidentally bumped into him when he spotted Rose. Real nice. I'm not at all insulted, he cried out to him. Draco recovered quickly and fought a smirk when he noticed the pained expression Weasley wore at seeing his only daughter greet Scorpius with a kiss. Draco would dearly love to tease him about this, but Hermione had asked him not to antagonise Weasley too much, and no matter what Blaze said, it was perfectly normal for boyfriends to want to do nice things for their girlfriends. That didn't make him pussy-whipped. He straightened himself up. He was definitely not pussy-whipped. He felt a tap on his shoulder and turned around to find a lovely, smiling, curly-haired witch beaming up at him. He internally sighed. I'm so pussy-whipped. You came, he said as he curled an arm around her waist. Yes, well, even though I will see them all Monday morning in class, I couldn't miss this opportunity to watch Ron and Harry ugly cry over sending their daughters back to school. They both glanced in the direction of the platform, and sure enough, they were Potty and Weasel, both holding their daughters in ironclad grips, wearing similar expressions of denial and stubborn refusal to release them. Draco snickered. If we ever had a daughter, I will not be like that. Hermione's eyes widened. We? What? You said, if we ever had a daughter... Fuck, fuck, fuckity fuck. Um, he felt his face heat into a rosy blush as he scratched the back of his neck. Well, I think it's probably pretty obvious that I'm not opposed to children. She smirked. Mm-hmm. 
He drew himself up and she affectionately in haughty demeanour. Shut up. She giggled. How about we put a pin in that for now? Agreed, he said, smirking. Hey, Dad! Draco looked up to find Scorpius waving him over. Mr Potter wants to take a picture of us. It's a new passion of mine, Harry said, and Ginny bought me this camera for my birthday. It's a real beaut, isn't it? Look at it! Perfect lens, sharpness, precise autofocus, blackout free... Hey, Dad, Albus interrupted. Yes? Albus clapped a hand on his father's shoulders. Take it from someone who has a lot of weird hobbies and interests. Absolutely nobody cares. Right, sorry, I guess I was doing it again. Malfoy shot a grateful look at Albus and put his arm around his son's shoulders. As Harry fiddled with the various buttons on his camera, and clearly had no idea what all of them did, Draco realised something wasn't quite right. He stepped out of the frame momentarily to grab Hermione. No, I can't. This should just be about you and Scorpius, she protested. Draco rolled his eyes. Just put your arm around me and smile for the picture, you bint, he quipped. Hermione blushed as she settled in on Draco's right side. After several more moments of Harry tinkering with the settings on his camera, Ginny eventually took pity on him and helped him because he was, as she put it, an embarrassment to his family. Harry looked up at the trio. All right, you all ready? We've been ready, Potter. We're just waiting on you to figure out how to operate that bloody machine, Draco growled. I'm just making sure you're ready. Oh, just take the damn picture of my family already before I hex that thing down your throat. Manny's stomach fluttered at his words. Family. My family, he had said. And she smiled brightly for the camera. Everyone else heard it too. At that very moment, a tidal wave of smirk spread across the faces of their friends. Scorpius's eyes momentarily rounded before his face settled into a contented smile. Family. He liked the sound of it. Draco didn't even realise that he said this, as he stood between the two most important people in his life, with a very expensive diamond ring in his pocket he planned to present that evening to the woman on his right. He was so caught up in the rightness of it all. This is my family, he thought, not realising that he had voiced the sentiment aloud. He smiled as he held everything he loved most in the world in his arms. This is everything. Thank you for listening to Hot for Teacher by Mother of Bulls. Join us next time for more Dramione stories. Mm-hmm.